Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 52, The Demon Within, and Legends of the Dark Knight. Hello, chums. We're, we're coming quite close to the end of this series, which makes me sad. But yeah, we're real close. Yeah, we got, uh, we got two next week. And actually, uh, I'm, I'm springing this on you. I'm not sure if you noticed, mm. but since there's an odd number, we're actually doing three the week after that. So. Oh, all right. Yeah, I figured you'd be fine with that. <laughs> we're getting a guest or something? No, you will be required to do both. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, honestly, I, th- I figured we could do uh, we could do the f- like the finale together. Yeah, sure. Or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We might have a guest. I haven't looked. But the point is, yeah, we're very we're very near the end of this series. Yeah, which is odd. I don't know. I thought there was more Batman. There was. It felt when we started this. It felt like there was so much more Batman, and now we're at the end, and there's no more Bat. Well, actually, there's a ton more Batman. But uh... I mean, there will be Batman as part of other teams. There mm-hmm. will be a new Batman at some point. There yep. will be. Batman occasionally showing up in Superman and then as part of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. But but as far as solo adventures go, this is it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have the movies as well. Sure. Like, we, we have the five episodes to go, but then we also have, I think, four movies. So It's like, you know. We have plenty of Batman left, but also we have less Batman. I know. It's Where'd odd. all our Batman go? I am legit excited to be going into Superman, though. Oh, yeah. Me too. That is the show of all of these. Like... Batman Beyond, we were just talking about before we started recording, mm. like, it doesn't seem like it should be good, but it is. And that's, like, it won a lot of people over. Like, it's got a pretty good rep. Mm-hmm. But everyone just kind of forgets the Superman show for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And, like, again, I haven't seen a whole ton of it, but, like, I liked what I saw. That that three-part pilot is an incredibly good Superman movie. Yeah, and I've said this a million times, but the the world's finest three-parter mm-hmm. is maybe my single favorite like story in this whole animated universe oh, world's finest is so good yep there i was mean, a maybe... period in high school where i just had it perpetually rented from our video store <laughs> <laughs> see i had recorded it off tv so i just watched it mm. myself a lot but yeah it's so so good it's so good yep but also they didn't start out superman with that they gave him at least a full season mm-hmm on his own before they're like, and also Batman, because, you know, they trust that the character's good and interesting. Yeah. Unlike, you know, some DC comics, the people who own it. Mm. Gross. Superman. uh, And the most exciting thing is, if you are watching along with us, uh, is it HBO? It's HBO. God, I don't know. It's HBO Max now, right? HBO Max. I was like, HBO Plus, HBO Super. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Max mm-hmm. uh, now has the Superman animated series in HD for the first time. Yeah, you can't actually get it on Blu-ray. Like you can't get it physical medium, but uh, in um, uh, streaming, you can see it in high def. And cool. I've never seen it that way, and I imagine it's completely worth it because, like all these shows, they put a lot of love and a lot of effort into it. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. But before we get there, we still have some of this and. Uh, Interesting mix this week, I would say. I would say so. Uh, why it, don't you tell us? It about really the... kind of it feels like we're at the end of the series just because episode of, like it's been getting weird. I like that. Yeah, and we'll see that more 
clearly when we get near the end of Superman where they're clearly itching to do Justice League because mm-hmm. they keep they keep bringing in like, uh, here's the Flash, here's Green Lantern, here's Batman again. Yeah. Like, but uh, I don't I don't feel like that here. I just feel like they're so confident in their world they can they can start spreading out into some strange directions now. Yeah. And <clears throat> is this the first like we had Zatanna doing some sort of magic? Well, that's the thing. Like, I remember this when we were watching. Zatanna never did any magic that couldn't be explained by her that's being right. a magician. That's right. You know? Okay. Like it was so, all sleight of hand and stuff. So we have uh, Rachel Ghoul who has access to things that could probably be explained by mm-hmm. science. And that's it. Like we haven't had proper magic yet, right? Like, no. Is this the first time? No, I think this is the first time. And it really kind of opens things up a lot. Yeah, it does. I mean, we're almost at the end of this series, but the, this whole universe is about to blow up. So. Yeah. Plus, given that Superman has a weakness to magic, mm-hmm. like it's kind of an important thing to have in your universe. Otherwise, you, there's only so many ways you can keep finding kryptonite, you know? Look, I got more kryptonite. Uh-huh. This is my Lex Luthor voice. I mean, that's, you know, you'd have to, like, if you listen to Clancy Brown for a minute, you could dial that in, but you're, mm-hmm. you're off to an okay start there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, why don't you tell us what happens in The Demon Within? All right, so Bruce has taken Tim to the Gotham City auction for rich white dudes to get a little culture in him, damn it. I'm not having you turn out like Dick, you little shit. When they both run into a couple of weirdos. First, there's Clarion, the physical embodiment of the phrase, My father shall hear of this, and his asshole cat, by which I mean cat, Teekle. We also meet Jason Blood, a dude with a rogue stripe in his hair, who is desperate to win Merlin's barbecue fork before Clarion does. The bidding is fierce, so Bruce steps up and just buys the stupid thing. Bruce, Tim, and Jason head back to Jason's weird apartment full of late 90s vertigo shit. Books of magic, sagas of the swamp thing, hundreds of bullets, and V's for vendettas. Also some shitty Neil Gaiman poetry. And some shitty Neil Gaiman writing. And shitty Neil Gaiman. Anyway... (laughs) While Bruce and Jason are trying to translate a particularly obtuse issue of The Invisibles, Tickle sneaks in to steal Bar- Merlin's barbecue fork. Bruce and Tim try to stop the cat, who, transfor- who then transforms into a thieving Catwoman. You would think they, that they would have better practice at this. Sensing that his friends are on the ropes, Jason Blood recites the chilling, wor- ma- the chilling magic words, I am not a demon monster, I'm a demon monster's son, and I won't be finished demoning until the demoning is done, and transforms into Etrigan, the big scary demon. Tim is understandably confused, but Bruce doesn't have time to explain that, yes, sometimes there's weird magic crap, because Tickle is fucked off with the fork, and now Clarion is using it to control Etrigan. Probably should have left that dude in the box, says Bruce, as he puts on his Batman shirt. Don't talk to your elders like that, replies Jason, as he slowly crumbles into a pile of dust and racism, as the 1500 years he's been alive rush back on him all at once. Batman heads out to stop Clarion and Etrigan, while Tim stays behind to sweep Jason into a pan. Meanwhile, Clarion rampages through Gotham, watching R-rated movies and stealing ice cream. I'm thinking this kid may not be quite the legendary threat that I have been led to believe. Tiring of his games, he sends Etrigan back to finish murdering Jason while he engages Batman in a wizard's duel. Fortunately, Batman wins the day by beating up a small boy and then holding the fork out of his reach. Batman's bullying skills are strong. Batman restores Etrigan to, to Jason, who becomes young again. What's to be done with this kid? asks Batman. Don't worry, Etrigan replies. I know a fair and just punishment for him. And then he drags the small boys, kicking and screaming into the fiery pits of hell for all eternity. Ah, uh, says Tim. <laughs> oh, boy. This was like... I'll oh, go ahead. I had a lovely time with this. Uh, you know, let's go into your bad thing because I want to talk about this. 
Uh, my bad thing. I had a hard time finding a bad thing, and Al brought this one up, which was Al was bored, and that made me sad. <laughs> which is great, except honestly, I wasn't. <laughs> like I expected to hate this. There's a there's a friend of ours from the old message board days that I've been mm-hmm. talking to occasionally about about like just generally Jack Kirby stuff that we talk about on the on the show and 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 all that. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, one of my favorites is coming up." And then, you know, I'm of course I'm playing up. Ugh. <laughs> Magic, Ugh, Ugh. Jack Kirby. But to be honest, I really liked this one. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. What I love is both Bruce and Tim's uh, attitude. Tim's, mm-hmm. like, as you point out in your summary, he's like, what the fuck? I love that. Wait, so- what? <laughs> Just utterly bad. Okay, okay. Let me get this all straight. Demons exist. And he keeps recalibrating as new information comes to light, and he's trying to wrap his head around it. And the button on the episode, the sort of the punchline at the end, mm-hmm. is, so, okay, now this is all over. Can we talk about this? And Bruce just goes, no. No. I don't want to talk <laughs> about magic. That's, my, that's the other thing that I loved, mm-hmm. is Bruce hates all of this, but it's not just your typical Batman grumbling and, mm-hmm. and not giving it. It's, okay, he knows some spells, because mm-hmm. when he's fighting the kid... He he does some spells. Yeah. Which, like, he hates it, but he understands that it's a thing and that he needs to be prepared for it because he's fucking Batman. Mm. Also, I loved his friendship with Jason. Yeah. Like, at the beginning, Bruce, like, they're, the bidding war between uh, Jason and the kid, I, I kept forgetting the kid's name because... What it? What is it? It's cl- that's Clarion the Witch Boy. Of course. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> that's such a goddamn Jack Kirby name. Yep, I can see. I can see the special logo that pops up in any word balloon referring to him. I'm Clarion the Witch Boy, Batman. TM. I'm. I'm pretty sure that kid was played by Nick of Nick Hall. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on, Etrigan. Get me sweeties. Very uh-huh. good, sir. No, not those sweeties. Get me the good sweeties from the back. Yeah. Um. But uh, the, their bidding war is like, you know, $10,000, $15,000. And Bruce just like goes, ugh, one million just to just to put an end to it. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, the dude's going to pay him back or something. He's like, no, I don't care. I have a million dollars. I want to help my friend Jason. Yeah. And their their relationship the whole time is like, dude, you got it rough. I'm mm-hmm. going to help you out. It's never, ugh, I hate magic. I hate helping you. This is such a burden. Like, it's nice that Batman has someone that like... As Batman gets, like, quieter and more reserved, there's fewer people he's friendly to. Oh, yeah. He really respects this guy. He's got a history with him, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's nice to see, because Superman shows up, and Batman's like, ugh, what do you want, Clark? <laughs> but Jason Blood, like, yeah, man, whatever you need. Million bucks, here you go. Sure. It's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like, they never talk about why they're friends, right? Like, it's... No, it, they've got some history, because Batman's been around out. for a while. No. Yeah. But, like, it's, they never get into it. It's just like, yeah, it's a friend of mine. You know a yeah. guy who turns into a demon? I know a lot of guys who turn into a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, let me let me introduce you to Ralph the Elongated Man sometime. No, that's okay. That's fine. I don't want to. <laughs> but, again, Tim's, like... Oh, boy, second-tier plastic man. Thanks. <laughs> Tim's trying to play along, and he's trying to help. And mm-hmm. he's, as, as he always is, Tim is useful and helpful. Mm-hmm. But also... He's just like, what? <laughs> okay, spread this powder around me in a circle. What? Uh, Shut up and do it. 
I gotta say some shit that sounds kind of like Latin, but might not be. These are all dead languages. Okay. All right. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not going to doubt it at this point, but it's still weird. I wish I were back home playing videos. Oh, my God. He actually said, like, I guess that never took off, huh? Mm-hmm. I wish I were videos. back home scrolling up cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was the moment where we both made the same observation, which is, oh, you're not going to turn into, you're not going to turn into dick. Come on, uh -huh. we're going to a museum. <laughs> we get some goddamn culture in your life. What no the hell's wrong with videos. you? Who taught you this? Well, Dick did. <laughs> I learned it from watching Dick, Dad. Look, you're you're off most of the time on solo adventures you won't let me follow you on, so mm -hmm. Dick shows up and is a bad influence to me. Listen, I can't sneak out of the house every time you tell me not to come with you. Also, have you tried sneaking out of this house? Mm -hmm. It's on a cliff outside of town. <laughs> there are... Two cars, and if I take either one of them, Alfred will know. I don't want you taking my car, is the point. <laughs> and the other one's the Batmobile. Which is a little conspicuous. I don't know, it worked for Dick in Batman Forever. Uh, okay. I'm gonna take this to the arcade! Are you Are you also gonna take the Bat credit card? I'm Catch Chris O'Donnell, Batman! Yeah, I don't remember anything about that guy except that he played Robin. He sure did. I don't even, like, at this point, and we'll talk about this more with the next episode, but I don't even dislike those movies anymore, at least what they were. Oh, yeah. I, I don't personally care for them, but I, I mm. appreciate them more for what they were supposed to be. But No, I, um, I did a commentary track with Brian a couple of years back for Batman Forever, and mm -hmm. it's a fun movie. It's stupid, but it's fun. Well, it was. I think it was uh, Rob Bricken a while back. Mm-hmm. Did a write up of all the. I think it was him, uh, one of the one of the sort of major like uh, you know nerd news yeah. blogger types. Did a sort of a run through all the various uh, Batman movies, and it was like, I know we all remember the Tim Burton movies being better, but like they're not. What were they? Yeah, well, it's nobody really knew what they were. Like the tone of them was all over the place. Is like, is it dark? Is it funny? Mm -hmm. It's not a good mix of both. Whereas. You know, Schumacher oh. was clearly doing 90s camp. He was mm -hmm. doing Batman 66, like Batman 96, basically. Yeah. So, but again, we'll talk about that in the next yeah. episode. Um, another thing I actually liked about this was mm -hmm. I did like the kid and how petulant he was and how unambitious he was. Yeah, it's such a fun, it's such a fun take on, on, a, on like a villain for an episode. I've, I've been trying to get control of this demon for hundreds of years. I finally have it. Let's get ice cream. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that, like, like he's a kid, you know? Yeah. He's a shitty magic kid. Now, he's he's got, like, the the stunted growth thing, right? Like, he's he's as old as Jason Blood, only he hasn't aged, right? I mean, that's the thing. They don't get into it at all in the actual uh, I just assumed episode, that because yeah. that's usually the case with magic guys. Mm -hmm. But, okay, maybe he isn't. Mm -hmm. Either way, like, he goes and sees a movie... He hates the movie, mm -hmm. so he asks the demon to, like, blow up the movie theater. <laughs> he sends the theater to hell. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then literally goes and gets ice cream. Mm -hmm. And uh, this kind of ties into your good thing. They break into a um, they break into a bakery, mm -hmm. and uh, Clarion's just going to town eating cake. And you can tell <laughs> he's enjoying it because he keeps going, oh, this is good cake. Hang on. So are you telling me? The Clarion stole 40 cakes. He's, and that's terrible. <laughs> anyway, 
he offers some to Etrigan, who just goes, ugh. And that is extremely funny to me. It's There's no dialogue. It's mm-hmm. all visual. And first of all, I like, like, yeah, it's funny to think that he's being a dick to, to Etrigan, but he actually isn't. No. he He's making him do stuff. But he also is like, I've got some cake. Do you want some cake? And this is kind of a sweet moment, actually. And then uh, Etrigan's like, ugh, no thank you. And it, 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 yeah, it happens in like two seconds, but I love that as well. I was getting some real wharf vibes off of Etrigan. Uh-huh. I could see that. I will well, not Worf... be taking any cakes today. Worf will pop up as a Jack Kirby character later, so. Oh, yeah, isn't he, uh... Calabac, is that right? I don't. I can't keep all those fucking guys straight. I don't know. Steppenwolf or Led Zeppelin or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> He's Steppenwolf. He loves stepping on wolves. <laughs> I mean, that's so much better than the connection I make, which is to the '70s rock band Steppenwolf that played um, Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah, from Star Trek. Yep. And uh, Austin Powers. Sure. The two great film franchises. Uh-huh. Yeah, baby. Uh, uh, speaking of Jack Kirby and mostly me ragging on JR, mm-hmm. not actually. Like, the thing is, I know everyone loves Jack Kirby. And everyone who loves Jack Kirby wonders why more people don't talk about Jack Kirby while never once, even for an instant, shutting up about Jack Kirby. That's mainly the reason I'm like, okay, I get it. Enough. Here, Here's the thing. Is, like, back in the 90s, Nobody gave you were a on shit a very famous Jack TV Kirby. show. Oh, sorry. Yes, no, but also, I know that. Like he only really had that that renaissance in the last like twenty years or something, and it sucks because he's been dead for thirty years. Uh, see, my experience is very different. My experience is, I read comics when I was a kid. I read mm. them, you know, into the nineties. Uh, but mainly, what I know about sort of the deep DC universe is from these shows. Mm-hmm. Which had a huge reference for Jack Kirby and made him an actual character yep. in Superman. Uh, did all that fourth world stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, killed off that character. Uh, and one of the most when, dramatic things this any of these shows ever did. When the real Jack Kirby died, just so they could do a huge funeral with mm-hmm. the entire DC universe in attendance for Jack Kirby. Yep. Which was great. I think that's great. I think that's a very good and respectful and, and wholesome thing to do. It's just... I already know, guys. I was there for all of this, so I get it. <laughs> he was influential, and and Stan Lee just ran his mouth all the time. Mm-hmm. I get it. But <sighs> all of that being said, I understand his importance. I do appreciate his importance. But the design of Etrigan's pretty stupid. <laughs> He's got them fishy lips. He's got the weird little short pants. He's dressed like the lead singer for ACDC, but he dropped his hat. It's just... It really kind of undermines the threat of this terrifying demon to me. Hey, uh, Etrigan, not for nothing. I think when your balls is hanging out of your short pants. Yeah. It's fine. I like it there. Shut up. And there is some such good visual stuff here, but mm-hmm. I think their their hands are tied by having to be faithful to that. Yeah, it's it's weird to, like, like... Well, you Trans- said you didn't think, yeah, you didn't think that it necessarily translated to Bruce Tim world. No, and there'll be there'll be other stuff as we get into like more of the fourth world stuff. That's like this yeah. doesn't quite work. Um, pasted onto uh, sort of the, how Bruce Tim's uh, character mm. design works. I, as I recall, and we'll get into this when we get into Superman, but I don't remember having a problem with most of those characters visually. I just think conceptually they're a mess, but we'll we'll get there. They um they go they get real like they go into detailed mode on Dark Side, which I never like. Eh. Like they even remember all the that weird, like 
sweaters and shit. <laughs> sweaters. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember that. I'll uh, when we get there I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um but like I I a lot of times I think Jack Kirby's concepts yeah, they're over the top. They're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So in a show like Brave and the Bold, I think they work. Oh yeah. In this in this sort of more grounded universe which occasionally has flights of fancy mm-hmm. and goofy ass shit, it, it it works sometimes, but sometimes it's like mm, I don't really know what you're doing here. That said, this concept works perfectly. Mm. I get it. This guy's been around a long time. He, uh, Jason Blood, by the way, the yep. the the fearsome sorcerer Jason. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's not very threatening. All right, what if he's Jason Blood? Well, okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, but from but King Arthur I, times, of course, <laughs> of course, from King Arthur times. Mm-hmm. There's there's Lancelot and Bedivere and Jason. <sighs> Excuse me. No, I I honestly I like the character. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually voiced by Billy Zane, and yep. I think he did a good... He's got a very distinctive voice. Like, he's got a... Oh, yeah. He's got sort of a deep, wonderful sort of voice, you know? But it's also kind of charming, and mm-hmm. I, I I like him. Um, And I believe he also voices Etrigan, which is cool. Yes. Um, I was like that kind of thing when, like... Yeah. They get one guy doing different voices to play a di- different aspects of a yeah, guy. Yeah, like if you get, uh, you know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk to be the same yeah. voice. Um, And I like that there's sort of that Hulk aspect to this guy. Like, he's got this, this you know, dark part of him but they they kind of get along and it's also what's kept him young and it's it, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a pretty interesting concept is yeah. what i'm saying um and the kid is mm-hmm. fun so yep. you know, this all this jack kirby stuff honestly works for me it's just the it's just the short pants man sure give him some pants put some <laughs> pants on that demon or none he's a demon what do they need pants for in hell I'm sorry, I just got this image in my head of fucking Etrigan running past like a toddler past you like a toddler with like a nightshirt on and no pants. Oh yeah. Yeah, no no. It's not a it's not like a sexual thing. Yellow bare ass hanging out. <laughs> Etrigan, you put your short pants on. No. Etrigan, what do you got? A knife? <laughs> it's a magic knife. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't sure. You said barbecue fork, which made just as much sense as mm-hmm. the thing it actually was, which is a branding iron. Yeah. What? I'm run around after this implement of torture from the Middle Ages. I assume that's what it was, and not just for marking cattle, like, you know. Well, you know, all the cows that Merlin owned. <laughs> I don't know. They, like, uh, England is a pastoral country. There's mm-hmm. a lot of farmland. There's a lot of cows and sheep and stuff. They They probably branded things. Now I may I may be the wi- the wizard of, of King Arthur's court, but I also got me a head of cattle I need to take care of. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm the son of the devil, and I'm aging backwards. Is Merlin the son of the devil? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I, I double I, check. I don't know as much about Merlin as like I would think I would. If yeah, you ask I me. Would, of the two of us, you definitely know more, and mm-hmm. I don't know shit. So, I read a couple of Merlin books. All right. None I, of the ones you, you've heard of. <laughs> you haven't heard of them. They're from Canada. <laughs> All those Canadian Merlin books. Of course. I mean, there might be. I don't know. He was the son of the devil, eh? <laughs> uh, I feel like the devil has more than one son. I mean, sure. Especially if you're, like, in the DC universe. Well, of course. Everybody's the devil's son. Although there's, okay. like, 12 devils. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, did anyone sell their marriage to them to the devil? 
Uh, not that I can remember. Well, then their devil's better than the other one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Stop buying I'm... people's marriages, the devil. No! I'm still mad about that, it turns out. Yeah, it sucks. There's a handful of pop culture things I'll just die mad about, and that's mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, my good thing. Yes. The animation in... There are a couple of transformation sequences. Yeah. We've, we've barely talked about the cat lady. You mentioned her in your summary, but we haven't really talked about her yet. Uh, where this just little asshole cat jumps mm. off the kid's shoulder and turns into a lady and starts fighting them. The The transformation scene, like, that's clearly where the animation budget went this week. It's so cool. Very good. And then, again, the first time Jason turns into mm -hmm. Etrigan, same thing. Yeah. There's, there's some, I believe you pointed out the Kirby crackle. There's, like, really cool shadow effects. Yep. There's just, it's it looks badass both times. It's awesome. <laughs> looks very good. And I'm not even into that shit, and I think it looked good. It sure. Just, it looked good animation's a good animation. I, I love the way the cat lady moves, too. Like, they really, mm -hmm. like, like play up her, like, like fluidity. And just, well, I think, I, I think they were keen to say, we know we have Catwoman. This is something different. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, like, she doesn't move like a person. Like, she does, like, weird stretches and, like, bends over in weird ways. Like, I, it's mm -hmm. really cool to watch. There was more, like, this isn't Cheetah. We'll actually see Cheetah later. Mm -hmm. But there was more Cheetah in this than there was in Wonder Woman 84. Ah, uh, that sucks. I haven't gotten around to watching that yet because no it's one mostly, seems to like it. It's mostly Kristen Wiig almost being Cheetah and then suddenly being Cheetah at the very end. It's Ugh. like, oh, come on, man. Like, God, speaking of 90s superhero movies. Oh, yeah, no. it's it. They, they are completely channeling uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Like, mm -hmm. that's deliberate and it's fine but imagine if michelle pfeiffer hadn't been catwoman for nine tenths of that movie yeah we want to see the guys in the suits man no and then it's just a bunch of cg jackassing around that sucks that first wonder woman movie was so fucking good it, this has its moments but it is kind of a mess mm. I again was, I, I was like i can't watch I, it yet so i was excited to i mean you could pay to watch it i really i did I thought I it was thought still just could. on uh, HBO Max. I could be wrong. No, when when it dropped, we all got together and paid to watch it on whatever it was streaming oh, on. Fuck, probably that's HBO right. Max. I was out that day. Unless they took, like, unless they took it away, like, mm. like a theatrical run. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I liked I liked the cat lady in this. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? What else? I am a big sucker for all of the DC magic stuff, like. That's my exact shit, and it has been for a long time. You're going to get a bunch of it in Justice League, and I remember at the time rolling my eyes, mm -hmm. but in a more recent rewatch, actually kind of digging it, so make of that what you no, want. No, we get to touch on a little bit of like of the like the, the Vertigo stuff, and that's a, my favorite. They, they don't, like, we'll never see Swamp Thing, we'll never see Constantine. No. Like, none of those guys show up, and I think that's probably intentional, because... You know, Vertigo was not for kids. Well, back then they were still trying to keep all of those separate. Like, yeah, I think Swamp Which Thing sucks. in this universe would have been amazing. Yeah, Ugh, particularly you, so good. You team her, team him up with uh, Poison Ivy, or turn him against Poison Ivy. Yes, you know, like, do something there. Yeah, I just uh, like as someone who has now seen John Constantine on like the superhero uh, show for babies superhero cartoon, like. I want my boy in this. He's my yeah, favorite. No. He's my he's my favorite comic character. Well, we will only touch on him when he shows up in the direct video movies for the patrons. So yeah, just you know, I get some. Brace yourself for disappointment. 
I get a li- I get a little Constantine as a treat. <laughs> uh, I had I had two more quick things, and then mm-hmm. we should probably move on. Sure. Uh, one, um, during the fight, uh, Bruce or uh, Batman says, uh, "Sit." To the cat and the cat sits mm-hmm. and my note was just making the cat sit on command is fucking sorcery <laughs> how did he do that i'm a magician uh-huh i demand to be taken seriously is this your card <laughs> where did the lighter fluid come from uh. and so on in that fashion uh the other thing is uh at one point uh batman's uh, arms were turned into trees mm-hmm. and he still smacked uh the little kid in the head uh, and my note was birch slapped, mm-hmm. which come on, man. Also, great tribute to the uh, this old Justice League, like from oh, the sixties, yeah. where they all get turned into trees. Mm-hmm. Well, they were always turning into something. We pointed mm-hmm. that out before. Yep, that was the sixties. Yeah. Uh, anything else from you? Let me just roll out my quote. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, this is T- our uh, Clarion and uh, Etrigan. You hate me, don't you? Speak up. I order you. Yes, I hate you. I would watch an entire show of them, and I don't even like magic. Mm-hmm. Just, just him doing dumb kid stuff. Yep. And and whining. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mid to late 90s, uh, Furbies would be the thing. My they've Furby, got, father. They've only got five Furbies, and they're giving them to the first five customers. I want you to put me at the head of the line. And I want all of them. Mm-hmm. Now I want to destroy four of them. I want to destroy four of them in front of the children, and then take one home to love. You shall be my best friend until I tire of you. Mm -hmm. Probably before the batteries run out for the first time. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. All right. Anything else? You're very stupid, aren't you, Furby? You're very stupid, aren't you, Furby? Throw this away! It insulted me. All right. Is that all? Yeah. Very well. Well, let's move on to used to be my favorite episode of the series. I'm not sure if it is anymore, but it's way the fuck up there. Oh, my God. This was so good. Legends of the Dark Knight. Here we go. Three stupid kids are wandering around Gotham, and you can tell they're stupid kids because they're getting their news from a newspaper. Children, we finally cracked the how a go is this mystery. The internet is a thing. Go learn about Batman there instead of from fuzzy Sasquatch photos and paper vending machines. <laughs> then they begin to argue about what Batman's really like, which, let's be honest, is how both my co-host and I spend our childhoods, and Batman doesn't even exist in our universe. Damn it. So, the first stupid kid said that his uncle, who definitely works at Nintendo and brought home a top-secret copy of Mario 4, knows <laughs> Batman personally. Wait, no, not Nintendo. This is an actual place where there's a bunch of giant oversized novelty musical instruments. You know, one of those places that definitely exist. The Joker is here, looking for all the world like he's going to start talking about his boners. And sounding for all the world like David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap or Chuck McGill from Better Call Saul or... Okay, I could list 10,000 other iconic roles here because Michael McKean is just one of those guys for me. Anyway, he's here to steal the sheet music for Pagliacci because he's depressed and his doctor told him to do it. (laughs) That defense won't hold up in a court of law, Joker, says Batman, sounding for all the world like Gary Owen, the announcer from Laugh-In. Then they chase each other around the giant musical prop room for five minutes, and it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, done, or eaten. (laughs) Finally, Batman captures the Joker with a giant saxophone, which, let's be honest, we all knew that's where things were headed from the beginning, but it's still great to see. 
You're making all that up, says one of the stupid kids, to which the stupid kid telling the story says, That's right, I made up all of it, myself, with no help from anyone else. This was an original creation by Little Bobby Kane. (laughs) (laughs) That was for you. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I want to pause here and note, we both noticed at the beginning, mm-hmm. they credited Bill Finger and uh, the Frank other guy. Miller and... No, no, no. The other guy who did Golden Age stuff. Oh, uh, J- Jerry Robinson. Yes, thank you. Uh, but not Bob Kane at the very beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me, no, Dick Sprang. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, but not Bob Kane, which mm-hmm. we both were delighted by. Uh, okay, continuing. Next, the stupid girl kid tells her version of what Batman is. Batman's really old, she says, and Robin is a girl. Meanwhile, in 1998, when this aired for the first time, 23-year-old Al is watching this on the edge of his seat and is about to lose his entire shit. Because what unfolds next is, well, have you ever read Frank Miller's quintessential original graphic novel, The Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, it's that. Specifically the mud mud pit fight with the mutant leader. It's very good. Like, we're going to be covering a three-hour adaptation for our patrons in the near future, and I bet this six-minute clip is better. All it's really missing is someone saying that something is balls nasty, and honestly, from everything we've seen, I bet the kids WB would have signed off on that if they just asked. Batman does say his I am a surgeon line, followed by a sound that is unmistakably the crunch of human bones. So that's pretty cool. Then it's back to the framing device, and oh man, what is the third stupid kid going to bring us? What could possibly top these two amazing segments? Uh, It turns out nothing, because there's like four minutes left in the episode, so, okay, I don't know, some villain shows up. Not one of the good ones, because we only have four minutes left. Someone lame, like, uh, uh, Firefly. Perfect. He starts a fire, which the kids just sort of stand in and nearly burn to death in, because Batman swings in and they're too busy gaping to listen to their senses of self-preservation, which, okay, I've called them stupid throughout this summary, but I kind of get that. Then Batman easily rescues them, because... Come on, really? Firefly? (laughs) Then they walk off into the distance, lamenting that there's just not enough time to tell everyone's story, Millhouse. Yep. Yeah. This was so fucking good. It was, and uh, several people have pointed out that later we will get fully fleshed out versions of both these segments. But at the time, this is the first time you ever saw a faithful adaptation of Golden Age Mm -hmm. Batman and a faithful adaptation of of Dark Knight, and it's so good. (laughs) They're both they're both just they're so fun. Oh my god. And they're both done with such obvious love. It's oh, not like yeah. ugh. This is like we've are we've only covered what? Ten of the direct video ones so far? Yeah, maybe. And ten. there's there's already a couple of them where it feels like, ugh, I don't know, people like this comic, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a labor of love, it's just a well, I guess people want this. I was just remarking on Twitter this week, the trailer for the long Halloween adaptation came out. Mm-hmm. And that comic is known for its really distinctive, gorgeous Tim Sale art, which mm-hmm. they do not capture in that movie at all. It looks uh, so boring and generic. Yeah. So it's just the writing then. Uh, yes. The incredible the Jeff Loeb writing. <laughs> Jeff with a PH. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, have you figured out how to write a murder mystery yet? No? Cool. Well, <laughs> tell me when you make eight more of these. Did you figure out how to spell Jeff yet? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this this is clearly it's not just a, a cash grab. It's not just a fan service thing. They these I mean, it is fan service in the sense that these guys are clearly the fans being serviced. Uh huh. And we just happen to get to see it as well. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine just like, okay, let's. What are we gonna do? Show's almost over. I mean, let's do a tribute to some of the best Batman stuff. 
I was reading they actually did want to do a third segment. Okay. They wanted to do uh, the 70s one, you know, where... And you know you know the creative team from back then. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Danny O'Neill uh, right? and uh, yeah. Neil Adams. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they I wanted assume. to do one of those that would be like a, you know, a, a third distinctive era mm-hmm. of Batman. But then they're like, well, that's honestly the closest to what we already do. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that because, like, that's the natural progression and... Yeah, that's just the raw the first Roz episode. Like it was a straight up adaptation of that story. Like yeah, they could adapt the the art style. Yeah, but but like apart from that, the script's right there. Yeah, no, I think Jenny O'Neill even wrote it. The show has drawn from a lot of different sources, but they've they've made no like secret that that's their mm-hmm. main that's their main source right there is that that seventies grounded with some fantastic elements yeah. version of Batman. So, so I get that, but this is effectively your bad thing, right? I mean, that they couldn't yeah, manage like to work I, in another. Listen, I had a hard time picking a bad thing for this. Oh, this is yeah, a, this is a twenty-two minute showcase of one of my favorite characters ever, and you want me to find a bad thing in it? Like, yeah, the only thing I could think of was I wish they'd done another segment and gone full Treehouse of Horror, mm-hmm. and then I had to. Th- it's like, like, what? What are they gonna do? Like, the um, the sixties one folds in Batman sixty-six really well. Like, the only other thing I could sort of think of was like, like. Golden Age ass case of the chemical syndicate first appearance Batman. Mm, yeah, maybe. Where, I could where see doing something cool with that. Where it's sort of like shadow influence. Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's it's more pulp because superheroes weren't a thing yet. Yeah, do like like uh like weird old Batman with like the purple gloves. Yeah. Who uses a gun? Who uses a gun? Maybe don't use yeah. the gun. Yeah, but I mean that was that's something that sets him apart. Yep. Also it's true. Also you know, uh, Dark Knight Batman uses well. I didn't. I didn't write it in the document, but this is my quote. He uses bullets, but uh, fortunately, they are. Here's my quote: <laughs> Rubber bullets, honest. So it's fine. Oh my god, it was so fucking good. Ugh. Okay, we we are going to get too excited and talk about everything. So we need to we need to get organized mm. here. Let's talk about the first segment first. It's oh my god. Okay. Gary Owen so good as Batman. Yeah, Gary Owen for those of you who don't know you like yeah, I made a joke. He's the announcer from Laugh-In. He was also the original Space Ghost. Yes. He's just got one of those very distinctive sort of announcer voices that he can't really act. He's just got an excellent announcer voice. I mean, like he played spa- original Space Ghost, so like yeah. people get like people get him when they want him to play like Space Ghost style superheroes, you know. Yeah, but there's no there's no acting involved. It's a no. it's a fantastic commanding voice, but you can't picture it getting angry or happy or anything mm. other than heroic with hands on hips. Yep. That's it. That's that's the one setting it has. Yeah, but, but it's, it's very perfect. good at that. It's perfect for like this short little segment. Oh no, it's fantastic. But then perfect choice. But yeah, then Michael McKean as mm-hmm. the Joker, and like I said, one of my all time favorite performers of all time and I was amazed that he hasn't like done a ton of voice work. He's done some, mm-hmm. but he mostly just does live action acting, and ah, I love him so much. But like, he nails this version of the Joker, like, mm-hmm. like making all the music puns and basically just having a good time and still being kind of menacing. Well, this is this kind of ties into my good thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about you touched on this a little bit about how there is some Batman sixty six in here, and there is. Because Batman 66 fed on this, mm-hmm. like the old chum at the end with the handshake. Well, I mean, that handshake but, is right out of the opening credits. Oh, yeah, no, 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 it absolutely is. But 
I think, I think if they'd done a 66 segment, it wouldn't have been different enough. Mm-hmm. And I think like what Brave and the Bull did was very similar, like more leaning toward that. Yeah. But there is some distinctive things in here. What I like is that it draws on the 40s and 50s and it's uniquely 40s and 50s. The giant props in particular, all meticulously yes. labeled. Uh, the weird sort of minimalist little orphan Annie facial expressions mm-hmm. where everyone's just got like circles for eyes and they can blink and that's about it. But- well, and like the setting too where it's just like if you sort of examine where they are it's almost like a giant empty warehouse with props with spotlights on them you know well it's supposed to be like a a museum or something but what (laughs) yeah it like it doesn't translate to like a real place no it's such a weird dream world and yeah they did still do stuff like that in the 60s but Mm. that's this is where it started and it felt different to me you you also had like you said the earnestly goofy but occasionally legitimately threatening joker when when he comes in with his guys and they got their gas masks mm-hmm. on it's it's a scary moment yeah and then then he starts cracking jokes but mm-hmm. it's that thing we keep talking about with the joker where they mix the the threatening with the funny but it's a very different mix than what mark hamill gives it. yeah it's, it's a unique version of the joker and it's nothing like cesar romero joker no it's it's very distinctively 40s and 50s joker and i love it the way they j- I love just that face so much. Yep. The dick nose. Yeah. It's a bone. <laughs> the big Come chin. On. Well, you know, I forget the exact quotes. Now. I'm not going to let Batman put me in a boner. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll show him my boners or something. I don't Soon my boner will be the greatest boner that Gotham City has ever known. There you go. Nailed it. Um... But yeah, it, the the look of everything is very, like, very, very, you know, uh, uh, Dick Sprang, Bill Finger era, you know. Mm. Ah, I love all of it. It's so good. It, yeah. Very also, pleased. part of my good thing. Mm-hmm. Humongous flute. Yep. I mean, everything's labeled. It's like priceless ukuleles. The priceless so ukuleles. Uh-huh. And there's like four of them. Uh-huh. Which by the way, like I've seen that sign. I follow the um the the Batman 60s uh sign account which just posts pictures of signs from Batman 66. Well, and they're almost all like he got the the red label maker. Mhm. And everything's got the little neat red labels with the with the raised lettering. These yep. are these are giant ass signs. Uh-huh. But like as we get towards the end of the segment, we just Someone gets thrown past a giant flute, and sure enough, the word "humongous flute" is written on it. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's um, very good. It's wonderful. Yes, no, it truly is. It's uh, wonderful. Bit... It makes me feel alive again. Yeah, the bit where Batman and Robin are tied up inside the giant piano, and yep. Joker's jumping on the keys. The sound design in that, I just like. It sounded like the inside of a piano. Mm-hmm. It was so good. You hear like the notes coming down and the fucking DC wiki had to point out like, oh, oh, these aren't the correct. No, I hope I hope someone was fired for that. blunder. I, s- I saw you complaining about that earlier in the week and just like, come on, yeah. DC wiki. Because no, this requires with- content like it was. Maybe not. Maybe they didn't match up perfectly. But honestly, one of my notes was this is closer than you usually get in that mm-hmm. the Joker was going up the keys and the notes were getting higher. And then he was going down the keys and the notes were getting lower. Like, yep. that's all I want. Is just something that resembles the action on the screen. They don't have to match note for note. Yeah. Then Tom Hanks showed up and danced with him for a while. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> See that 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 
keyboard doesn't hurt anyone is the problem. Mm. It's just, you know, you just roll it up and put it in your pocket. This is this is such a big, ah, I don't know. I mean, I like, it. it's a fully functioning giant piano. Of course it is, for purposes that are unclear. Because this is a museum, shrug? <laughs> the music museum. Yeah, you know, where they put all the expensive music stuff. Like well, Pagliacci. <laughs> Pagliacci, <laughs> the original sheet music for Pagliacci. Uh-huh. And priceless ukuleles. And priceless ukuleles, of course. Four of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the no, bit, it was very good. The bit where Joker's got the key, like, got the key, he's going to go unlock the case to steal the uh, sheet music, and then he just smashes the case with a priceless ukulele. I mean, that that was a moment that you could totally see Mark Hamill Joker doing. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of very specific to the, to the era things, too, that I really liked. <sighs> There's a bit near the end where... It's clearly like the end of the segment. Mm-hmm. Batman puts his hands on his hips and does the hero pose. Yep. And they give, this is, this goes by in like a second and a half. You really got to watch for it. Robin looks over, has a moment where he's like, oh shit, are we putting hands on hips now? Okay. <laughs> and then he does it too. Yep. And it's so cute. It's such a nice, like, that didn't need to be in there. And it was so funny because, ah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Episode's <laughs> over. Hands on hips. Here we go. I have such a fondness for like forties ass Robin. He's weird he's real costume. beefy. Oh, he is. He's, he's like I like his build. He's kind of stocky for what is supposed to be like an eight year old boy. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know he'll hit a growth spurt and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But right now he's he's kind of a little fatty. <laughs> and I say this as a little uh, fatty. I'm not you know I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's his build. He's a bit he's a bit stocky. <laughs> Golden Age Robin, absolute unit. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> oh my god. All right. I think that's most of what I have to say about the first. I think that's everything I got this. for that one too. Fucking once yeah. again, humongous flute. Humongous flute. <laughs> I just want like it's a cartoon. It never existed, but mm-hmm. I want that sign. Yep. Can I please have that prop that didn't exist? Uh. So then we have like the um the the sort of interconnecting you know the the framing story mm-hmm. and this kind of takes me to my bad thing oh yeah let's get into this briefly because this sucks back when this aired there's a there's a swipe at Joel Schumacher mm-hmm. and back when this aired that was the most amazing thing I was like yes they're acknowledging it finally fuck you Joel Schumacher yeah now I kind of hate it uh huh first of all it reads as really queer phobic and mm-hmm. I I went back and forth is it homophobic is it transphobic and I just went with generically queer phobic because he's got this like pink um what do you call those things that you wrap around it's a boa uh, it's like a feather boa. boa thank you yes 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 that's it boa uh and he's talking about how fabulous batman is mm-hmm. and the tight leather and it's like okay so you going cross-dresser are you going full trans are you yeah. going gay like i they didn't know what it was it was just haha he's gay Ugh. Mm-hmm. second the entire point of this series and especially of this exact episode is to show that lots of different interpretations of Batman are valid and can peacefully coexist with all the others. Like, yeah. Gold, Golden Age Batman and Dark Knight Returns Batman have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be more different, and yet they exist side by side in this episode because that's what Batman is. And it's like, I we were all annoyed by those movies, especially me, sure. when they happened, but you guys are supposed to be... Like, imagine if they sort of led the way and said, no, guys... I know you think you don't like these, but you know what? This is part of the the you know the the tapestry as mm-hmm. well. That that's would have been a much better example to set, I think. That, that's the thing. 
it's like it, this this entire episode is just a celebration of all of like all of Batman, you know. Except Ex- exactly, it's like you know Batman can be anything. He can be this super hyper violent whatever. He can be like yeah. this fun superhero thing, but not this. None of this. Yeah, and again, at the time I agreed, but those guys should have known better. Yeah. Also, the you know, again, the the sort of queer baiting could. Yeah, we're really, really just like. That. Kind of shat in my lunch, you know, just, ugh, really? Come on. Yeah, but I also bet you, like me, when you were young, thought that was funny. Absolutely. Completely. Yeah, yeah I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. I thought again, a lot these, of dumb shit was hysterical. Yeah, but, it, you know, these these shows existed in their own universe. They mm-hmm. didn't need to say these movies exist contemporarily yeah. with our show, but it was kind of cool to see them say, hey, yeah, we see it. Mm-hmm. They just could have done something a little better. That's yeah. all. I'm not expecting them to be, like, hugely progressive. Just don't be shitty. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, and then. So, yeah. <laughs> and then. So, yeah, like I said in my summary, this that really did happen where mm-hmm. I was watching. And this girl who looked a lot like Carrie Kelly yep. said, Robin is a girl. Here's what I think Batman is. And I just, like, my eyes went wide. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're not. They are. They're, oh my god! They're like watching this. It's like there's no way we're yeah, doing no, an in, adaptation of Dark Knight fucking Returns. No, on in this. 1998, where by this point I knew when the show was on, I would get up, spe- like I would make time special on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I was in my 20s. Like yeah. I had shit I could be doing, but no, I stayed in, and watched this cartoon because, mm-hmm. like, you know. And even then, I was like, no, they're not gonna. No, there's. There's no way. They're just toying with us. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And it looks so fucking good. It looks exactly like the comic. Yeah. It's amazing. Now, let's be clear. I think you and I and many people are kind of over Frank Miller now. I mean, it turned out that Frank Miller was kind of a super racist piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, like, even putting that aside, mm-hmm. not not everyone does that where they say you know some people can separate art and artists and yeah. i understand that even then his work just hasn't been as good for the last 20 years no go um go look at it at a copy of uh dark knight strikes again yeah that's bad fucking art and then the one that came after that well he didn't draw that one at least he just wrote it badly oh maybe i'm thinking of something else then because there was a there was a further progression after that where it's like oh my god oh fuck what was that i don't i it doesn't matter um this did remind me that, okay, even if I went back and read Dark Knight and I didn't like it anymore, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, my memory of liking it is still very strong. Yeah. Like, I have th- a nostalgia of just that first time where you read this book and you're like, oh my god, this is great. Yeah. I haven't read Dark Knight in about probably eight years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to, like, it used to rotate in pretty regularly. Like, yeah. I did yeah, a lot of Watchmen and a handful yeah. of others, I assume. Um, And just, like, you know, as more and more has come out about Frank Miller and the type of person that he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have sort of distanced myself from his stuff, but, um, let me, let me ask you this. Did watching this six or so minutes of dark Knight make you want to read dark Knight again? Cause Uh, yeah, that's what it did for me. Uh huh. Jesus. I just, cause it captured not like, it didn't just say, this is what happened Mm -hmm. in the comic. It did do that, but that energy, that weird, very specific, like, just what I was saying about the 40s and 50s a minute mm-hmm. ago. 
it's such a unique world. It's such a weird fucking like the way the mutants talk. Yep. The way Robin moves. The way old Batman lumbers around. Yep. Like he's a stocky boy too. Uh huh. He's a real stocky boy. Uh huh. He's a chonk, as they say. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, you had read Dark Knight Returns at this point when you saw this, and so had I. Yeah, several and, times. And even if I hadn't, like, I, re- I have this. You would have be- been aware of it through pop culture osmosis. It had been around for at least 10 years, and well, people talked about it a lot. That's the thing. There was, when I was a kid, I had this, this Batman book. I talk about it a lot on the show because it's mm-hmm. a very important uh, yeah. thing for me. Um, but, like, the back half sort of got into, like, modern at the time Batman, like, late uh-huh. 80s Batman. And there was a whole chapter on Dark Knight Returns, and I was just fascinated by it because, like, I didn't know how comics worked at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, like, this, this is how— part of the continuity? Yeah, this is how Batman ends, basically. Like, yeah. we're sort of winding down Batman, and this is well, what he's doing now. If I recall, wasn't that his original pitch was like, I'm going to write the beginning and the end. I'm going to do yes. year one and then I'm going to do this. Or yeah, it was maybe like he that. wrote it the other way around, but regardless. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine watching this segment as like a kid just watching this show. It's so fucking weird. It is. And they don't shy away from any of it. Like they can't nope. say balls nasty. I made a joke about that. But other than they that. They can't, but they should. Yeah, no kidding. Um because the violence they they push they push right up to what they're allowed to do like i mm-hmm. said that crunch oh yeah well and they, where he's they got him in the mud pit it look, it look like a lightning strike uh-huh but um they don't hide no. it well no i'm you know like i said sound is like uh, that's the thing i noticed the most yeah and just like that that awesome sound inside the piano this bone crunch sound crunch crunch was uh was amazing just so good. That that mutant leader. Oh, oh so good. So good. My and name ju- is Rob. My name is Don. And ju- like the the dialogue fucking pops like coming out of these guys. They got fucking Michael Ironside to play. Uh, yeah, that's the, he will later be the voice of Darkseid mm-hmm. in uh, Superman and and then uh, beyond into Justice League and all that. And he's he's got such a terrifying voice. It's so good. Well, it's like like. Go if you go back and read like Dark Knight, like I can usually with a Batman comic, especially with a good Batman comic, I can sort of put uh, Kevin Conroy in as like the voice of Batman, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it that doesn't work for Dark Knight Returns. He's such a no. different character, but this does this weird like, yeah, deep Red ass Michael Ironside, honest. like almost British. Mm, not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what it is. No, I know what you're talking about, but it's not. Yeah, yeah I can't. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Darwin Cook, mm-hmm. like probably my all-time favorite writer-creator, like writer-artist-creator in comics, who oh, is yeah. unfortunately no longer with us, uh, storyboarded this segment. Yeah. Which helped. Mm-hmm. Like, Because I, I, I feel like he's one of those people who, while he had his own very distinctive style, also had a real respect for other people's and preserved everything that made this book Great. Like, mm-hmm. he uh, he didn't just turn it into a Bruce Timm thing or a Darwin Cook thing. He's like, no, this is what makes Frank Miller comics good. Yeah. I want to make sure we get this right. And it really shows. Yeah. Because you see that in his uh, New Frontier. He's like, he's always so respectful of the original creators. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, And I know uh, for the Patreon stuff, we this is coming up pretty soon for us. Yeah. But... 
I think watching three hours of it is going to be fun, but it's not going to be as good as this. Well, and then, then we're getting into all of it, too, you know, like... Yeah, and there's some stuff in there that maybe they shouldn't do. Yeah, and, Joker's and, girlfriend with the swastikas on her boobs. What uh, the fuck, yeah. Frank? Well, you know. The thing is, in the 80s, when you're traveling in, like, punk circles and, like, uh, uh, sort of counterculture circles, mm-hmm. a lot of people appropriated that symbolism, and it was bad. It was. It's uh-huh. always been bad. It's never not been bad. But you saw it a lot, and I feel like... I don't know what he meant by it, but... I just, I just know he uh, that particular symbol uh, shows up in quite a few of his comics for no particular reason. No, but I think the reason I looked past it in the beginning mm-hmm. was because, like, I looked at a lot of metal stuff and a lot of punk stuff back in the day, and I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it was right or good or whatever, but I'm saying, like, those dumb people who thought they were making a statement by, well, this will shock people. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they never understood why they just did it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can throw that in there to piss people off. And, like, I thought maybe that's all he was doing. Uh-huh. But I can see that. I don't maybe, fucking know. Maybe, maybe not. Weird choice. Just a weird no, choice. I, no, I, in retrospect, like, I don't think that anymore. But at the time, I was like, no, this probably means nothing. It's probably mm. just an empty act of rebellion. That's all. Uh, What else? Uh, My good thing. Yes? Uh, Carrie fucking Kelly. Yeah. I fucking love Carrie Kelly. Me too. Um she is 100% best Robin like and now she exists in the DC proper, right? Like she's not just part of this one-off story like they, in in the far off alternate future. Like isn't there a real Carrie Kelly now? Here's the thing. Um they tried bringing this was maybe a year or two after uh New 52 launched, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. And they made this huge deal about bringing in Carrie Kelly as, like, as like I think she was, like, Robin's tutor who was in college or something. This is a Damien okay. Robin. All right. Um, and it was this huge th- fucking thing. It's like, look, Carrie Kelly. We put Carrie Kelly in. Uh-huh. And then they did literally nothing with her. Ah, that sucks. They did. She shows up at a costume party wearing the Frank Miller-ass Robin costume. Yeah, whatever. And that's okay. it. It's fucking horse shit. Yeah, that is horse shit. So I adore Carrie Kelly, and I get to see her... In one good thing, and it's this, and I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, it's great. She's got her little slingshot. Mm-hmm. The like, the little the little uh, little sunglasses instead of a Robin mask. Yep. Uh, which I have loved since I saw her for the first time in that Batman book. Yeah. Um, I just everything about about her. She fucking rules. No, she's so good. And what I like is obviously the position of the episode is the girl telling the story already looks a bit like this and she's embellishing in sort of a wish fulfillment way. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Robin's a girl and she looks like me and her name's Carrie like mine. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. I love, but also what that means is we get this uh, girl who is not sort of like, like she's a little androgynous. She's mm-hmm. got a little, like, she's not just like the traditional Bruce Tim pretty girl. Yeah. It's like she's got a short haircut. She's got sort of traditionally more masculine features and it's mm-hmm. a nice, switch up where you don't just get the same sort of like two character models, you know, and kind of like, yeah, that's your excuse for doing that. But also maybe you could just do that sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you should, you know, yeah, different types of people sometimes. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. But it was still great. And I also love that her story was so much more hardcore and violent than, than the boys. That was very good. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, so 
the first kid that they just sort of glossed, like just ignored and glossed past, talked about how Batman is like a pterodactyl monster. <laughs> yep. That's the third segment we should have gotten because that's what the the first kid had to say. Yep. That would have been great. <sighs> it's so weird. Like we basically did this as one of the Patreon episodes. Like this is basically uh, the Gotham Knights movie. And this is yeah. so much better than that. Well, the Gotham Knights movie was trying more for like all of these stories exist in the same yeah. world, but they're drawn by different people. Yeah. Whereas this, every world is different. Yeah. This, like, it's they, just, yeah. It's such a nice love letter to comics. Mm-hmm. You know? It is. It's very, very good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then Firefly shows up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Garfield's here. <laughs> oh, hey, you hate Brad Mondays? Man, I'm here to burn down your hotel. <laughs> I hate Mondays. Hate Mondays. I love lasagna. Mm-hmm. I kicked Odie into a fire. That's not a very good uh, Garfield. It's an incredible Garfield. No, it's it's really not. This is what Garfield sounds like. I'm afraid it isn't. <laughs> it's not what Garfield sounds like. Then how come I'm saying so many Garfield things? Well, you got me there. <laughs> That's how you know you're doing an impression because you say who the character is. <laughs> Also, Batman, uh, like, I, I even had in my notes, say the line, Batman. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, you know, this, is, uh, this isn't a mud pit. It's an operating. Like, yes, thank you. Yep. And I'm the surgeon. Like, oh. Badass. Yes. Very good. All right. I suppose that's all for this time. Yeah, I guess. Well, we could go on and on, but we do have many hours to fill when we mm-hmm. watch this whole thing, so. All right. What do we got next time? Next time, we have got... Let's see here. Uh, Girls' Night Out. Yes. You know this one? I is do. Is this the uh, Batgirl, I've been, Supergirl Yeah, one? I've been mentioning this occasionally. It is Batgirl, Supergirl versus, uh, I want to say, Harley and Livewire. I might be wrong about Ooh, who nice. the villains are. But it's it's all ladies all the time, and it's mm-hmm. great. Lori Petty is Livewire. I am pretty sure it's like I might be wrong about that one. But it's one of Superman's few uh, uh, lady villains. Mm-hmm. So that that really narrows it down to Livewire or yeah, um, other mm-hmm. uh, Livewire created for the animated series. Yeah, so that shows Harley. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Speaking of which, uh, the other one's Mad Love, which is yes. a fucking classic. Yeah, quintessential like origin of Harley story. Mm-hmm. And actually, our good pal Tidro, who you hear uh, every week, uh, telling you what what the title of the show is, uh, and who's been on once as a guest, uh, is yes. coming back. Because she wanted to do Mad Love. Actually, uh, she and Sabrina almost duked it out over that one. I'm not surprised, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No. And thankfully, there were several good Harley episodes for them to choose from. Mm. So everybody was happy. But uh, so, yeah, Tidra will be joining us for that. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Uh, we, As we said, coming very near the end, which means we'll be doing a mail show soon. So if you want to write to us, Kids Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you right now. We don't have a ton of mail to answer. So, yeah. You know, Send us some mail. In. Please do. Yeah. Uh, the website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com, and we will be back next time. Yeah, see ya, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash algar. That's double A. 
L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.